1: Hey all you heroes, hawks, heralds, crows, pirates, and wardens, welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast, where we unpack, discuss, and galaxy brain about all the lore behind the Dragon Age series.
0: We are so excited to bring you this podcast. Every episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Dragon Age universe, from character deep dives to exalted marches and elven gods. We will cover it all.
1: There will be spoilers. And always remember, swooping is bad.
0: Hello, and welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast, where we talk about Dragon Age and its lore. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup.
1: And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup.
0: And we are here again this month for our patron chat. And we've got some lovely patrons here with us. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves in the order of my screen. So first, we have LVCC13. Hello, everyone. And then we've got the Crimson Knight. Hello. And then the one, the only, Fulkishens. Hello.
2: I am very excited for tonight's topic.
0: Yeah. So, Shelby, why don't you give us a breakdown of the topic?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So, we are going back to a topic we've discussed before at length. And we're talking about spirits and demons, But not in the way you might expect. I think the last time we talked about this on a patron chat, we were talking about if we like what demon we would be most susceptible to. But today we are going to be talking about if we could come up with one spirit and one like its corresponding demon to add to the canon, what would that one demon and spirit be? Um So like what emotions would you make into a spirit and a demon? And of course I do have a list. Um, I brought a list of the spirits and demons that we have seen in the games so far, I guess, games and books and comics. Um, So we've seen spirits of command, compassion, faith, hope, justice, love, technically kind of iffy on that one Um, purpose, valor, wisdom, honor, courage and i think learning maybe we is one we've seen too and then um for demons we've seen desire, despair, envy, fear, hunger, pride, rage, sloth and terror demons. So, those are the ones that we've seen so far in the canon. Um, so the question today is what emotion positive and negative would you add to the canon to create a spirit and a demon? And if we have time at the end, or maybe in the second half, we can talk about what emotion we absolutely would not want added as a spirit and a demon. So who wants to go first?
3: I guess I'll go first. Um, so the, uh, spirit that I've thought of um to add to the canon is the uh, spirit of joy, a um, you know, I mean, something that will that can help fill people with, of course, joy and laughter and just all of those um, all of those feelings. and the demon that I've corresponded to it um, is grief. I mean it's the kind of the polar opposite and of course when people give in to their grief they're capable of making um, very bad decisions and I think it could also be a demon that can corrupt, that could potentially corrupt people into abominations if they um, give it give into it enough.
1: Um so I um my answer kind of goes off of yours, Stevens, because um my answer for spirit is grief. And I don't actually think grief is a negative emotion. I think it's good and I think it's something that um, In Western culture, we don't like and we don't want to acknowledge or we put a time limit on it and say, "Okay, well, you should be done grieving a month after, you know, your parent dies or whomever. Um, And I think that's when it has the potential to turn into like an abomination into something negative. So I am kind of head canoning this canon entry as a spirit of grief but the society, the culture and Thetis does not have those kind of time limits on what grief looks like. So grief and the grieving process is a healthy thing. And the spirit of grief can come alongside you and help you in that process. And the demon that would be kind of attached to that for me is, I think, apathy. Um, because to me, and I don't remember the exact quote, but in the WandaVision TV show, it basically talks about how. Grief is proof that that you loved on this earth while you were here. And so to me, the whole entire opposite of that idea is apathy and is apathetic, being apathetic. You, you would not care if you weren't affected by the love of people that surrounded you. Um, so to me, apathy is the demon that corresponds to grief. So that's my answer.
0: I love all of those answers. And I want to add on to it, I think possibly perhaps if grief or if joy is the spirit, perhaps the demon is mania. I think that's an interesting take for that. But I also think with grief as the spirit, perhaps bitterness might be the demon. But I think like grief is such a complicated emotion that I think that it could go so many different directions.
2: I think I can definitely see both of your all's points of grief on a continuum that it should have like positives and negatives to it, that it could be both a spirit and a demon in different forms and not even necessarily the opposites of each other. I love joy as a spirit and I'm honestly really shocked that we don't have anything closer to that. Cause I think like the idea, like there there's an idea of like, all of the emotions can be boiled down to just like a few, I think it's like five core emotions and then everything else is like combinations thereof. But joy is one of like the core emotions and it never rushed in my head of like, we don't have that. But I also really, really like the idea of like, it Just the same way grief can be on a continuum of like joy. And then mania at like just mania being like, when you are experiencing it, it can, not always, but it can feel positive in the moment, even though it really isn't. And I think that's something like everything else has been so overtly negative in like the, the demon influences that we've seen so far. That's a really interesting idea.
1: Um, Well, Lizzie, do you want to go next? Since um, I think you maybe had something to say about joy too.
4: Yeah, I had initially picked joy for my spirit. And I actually think that the opposite of joy would be mania or hysteria, like Cash was saying. But I also kind of wonder if instead of joy, like we already know love is sort of in a spirit. What if the opposite of love was obsession, an obsession demon, I feel like that's a lot more dangerous and obsessive love is a much more dangerous emotion and attitude than um, a love that actually cares about someone else. Huge difference between love and obsession. I feel like a demon would hook onto that real quick.
0: I really love that you didn't say lust because I think that we sometimes associate lust a lot. And like the idea of like a physical expression of love is often like lowered in that, but like I like obsession as the opposite of love um I once said in the podcast that the opposite of love is regret, which is why there's a regret demon in soulless's chamber uh Shelby didn't like that one. she told me to shut up
1: I just I mean I think I think that. The demon of regret. I don't know. I just, I do, because I do feel like Solus truly does love the Inquisitor, especially if he's in a relationship with her. So I I guess I just don't feel like that's fair to Solus Mancers is why that's my reaction to you, Austin.
0: I Solus Mancers like- say all the time that they want <laughs> pain and sorrow. So I'm giving you more pain, you
3: know? <laughs> well, I actually... Okay came up with I actually came up with a thought of what I thought the spirit of um, associated with the demon of regret would be and I think that it would be uh, content because uh, like when you're content like you have no regrets like and I think I think we see in the game that Solus is not content with what he did, which yes, or or acceptance would be a good one too. And um, like he he couldn't get over what he did with the what he did in the past, so he had to. So that's why the uh, demon of regret appeared in his realm.
1: I like that. I like that one a lot.
2: Liz, I have a question for you about your your ideas for obsession as a, as a demon. Cause I think, I think they're very, they are distinct, but they, there's an interplay between the two, but your thoughts on like the interplay between obsession and envy.
4: Oh, that's a good point. But I think with an envy demon, it's envy is wanting what someone else has. You can have an element of obsession with that, but it's still more about wanting to take from them rather than possessing them. Obsession is you want to possess that person or that thing you want. I mean, we're all obsessed with dragon age. We all want to possess all of this. (laughs) We are all infected by this demon, but it's very much of thing of, I want that person or that thing. Not I want that because someone else has it, at least in my brain.
2: No, that, that makes total sense to, to me too. And that's kind of where, where my head was at because it's like, I think envy can be both. It can be a, a negative emotion. Like it can be, there can be a hate in envy. And it's not so much of like, I want that for myself, but it's like I also kind of like, I don't necessarily want you to have it or, you know, if, if you do have it, then I also want it, but I want mine to be better. Whereas I think it's more about the possessor um, and I think because, like the, the envy demon takes on, you know, the form of their, their target eventually, and then moves on to the next target. Whereas I think with possession in my mind and along your points, it's like, you don't necessarily want to become that thing or that person. It's just, you want everything about that person, like, in your life and always present, but still having your own kind of distinct identity from it? Uh, I guess I will go next. Um, my my spirit, my emotion is um, catharsis, the, uh, which I kind of struggle with this from f- for a little bit because I felt like catharsis is could be argued as more of an emotional process rather than an emotion itself. But I do think it is it is intensely emotional and i think it's so unique that there's not really anything else that can there's no real good comparisons to it um the best that 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 release of tension and stress and finally processing something um coming to to, to terms with something the the best encapsulation of it that i can think of is that moment in inside out when Riley gets home after running away and she immediately like dives into her parents arms and starts bawling and they're like it's okay we love you we're so glad you're home and then she lets out that sigh of relief and she, she tells she just instantly feels better. Um, I initially kind of thought of the the opposite, the demon of it, of catharsis. Mama and I, I kind of thought of it a little bit as depression, but I felt like that is too close to despair, which we already have. But instead, and I, I will take, I'll give the cups credit for this because they they put me onto this idea. But instead of depression, but just repression, and so I was trying to think of like what that would be like as a demon, and I think it would almost be more of like you are making yourself void of all emotion and it's like, I'm not going to allow myself to feel anything to avoid the pain of whatever this stressor in my life is. And then the demon would just feed off of those, those repressed emotions that that potential energy that you are not releasing. Um, And I think For me both like both of these ideas are these emotions are like very powerful emotions that like of a lot of things like i would not want to run into a depression demon but i also feel like catharsis can be such an an intense emotion that like if you're not ready to to experience that just randomly running into that like in the fade would probably rock your world if you weren't ready
0: I'm now very intrigued by the idea of a demon of emptiness that uh, both fascinates me and terrifies me. Because, like, the concept of nothing is actually very terrifying.
4: And we know it might kind of exist a little bit in that universe because that's what Sarah is afraid of. If you read her gravestone in The Fade, that the nothing is what she's afraid of. Mm-hmm. I mean, and
1: there's the whole lore behind The Void which we don't know a ton about, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a possibility for sure. Austin, do you want to go next?
0: Yeah, I can do that. Um, so my spirit is a spirit of nostalgia. Um, and I got a really clever thing. Like I want it to appear like in the new game, but it has to have the graphics of DAO, (laughs) but I don't, I've been trying to think of like, cause nostalgia is kind of like grief, like a double-edged sword. Like it can be really great or it can be really bad. And I was trying to rack up like what I think it's demons opposite is. And I just came up with the demon of gatekeeping, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, You could also do the demon of toxic positivity.
0: That's also probably true. Um, Or even I thought about like the demon of denial, because sometimes nostalgia leads you to denial of like what, like, the problems that often were around that time or other things like that. Like, even if we take, we all love Dragon Age Origins, but there are some problematic things that happen in that game. But I just incorrect. love the idea of sh- of showing up and, like, getting, getting, uh like, seeing this demon just totally in, like, some random NPC from DAO. That's hilarious to me
1: um i also was thinking about because you know we have a pride demon obviously but i think pride is another one of those emotions that it's like yes it can be taken to the negative it can turn into arrogance and conceitedness and like take it to a really terrible extreme but also it's june and we can be prideful and you know proud of who we are as as individuals so to me it's like this is another one that could go either way so i'm thinking about what a spirit of pride would look like and what its demon would be like and i know i mentioned toxic positivity earlier but i think if pride was a spirit toxic positivity could potentially be its demon
4: I almost wonder if they've kind of mislabeled pride demons because of that. Should it maybe have been arrogance instead of pride?
0: Hubris. Yeah. Hubris. Hubris.
1: Yeah. I mean, there is a, there is a uh, pride demon in the game that we meet that's called hubris. So
2: absolutely. Cause I, I think of like pride, the, and in my mind, really the opposite of pride more so is like Humility. And the the pride can be it can it, there can be a lot of overwhelming negative qualities to it. And I definitely get your point about like there are there are things that you should feel good about, and they should take pride in. but i I think of it. I kind of think two two lines of thoughts here. First, to stick on pride. I, I think that you can differentiate between those negative aspects, and then also just like, I don't know the right emotion for this, but just recognize the actual value of something. You know, if you're if you're a badass, and you know if you're awesome, like if you're great at your job, it's not you're not being proud to say I, I'm great at my job. It's just it, it would be inaccurate or misleading or or wrong or maybe even a negative emotion conceded to be like oh no i'm actually i'm off on my job like i'm not good yeah self-awareness thank you liz um just that that the actual self-awareness both of yourself and of your environment and of other people to recognize like the true value of something and it can be negative to underplay something for your own benefit but i also because we keep talking about it <clears throat> like it's came up with with grief it's came up with with love and i and I'm now with pride of like the I think a, a very interesting way if they wanted to move into this of like a lot of these emotions and they kind of are but like existing on a on a continuum because some of the things we're talking about here like that already exist in the game um they're not it's not exactly a continuum it's more polar opposites but there's not a whole lot like right in the middle of it um like fear and courage or or fear of terror and valor like they're polar opposites, but there's nothing in between there whereas like there's a lot in between you know the positive and the negative of grief of the positive and negative of pride
4: that's actually something I really hope we see more of in dreadwolf is instead of just like you said, just all the emotions being on the spectrum, it would be so much more interesting if we're interacting with spirits and literally one dialogue choice could turn them into a raging demon that destroys half of the room that we're in. That would be so much more interesting.
2: Ooh, on that, uh, now I have another thought. What if, and if they went this direction, what if there was, uh, and on this spectrum, on this continuum, like there, there's a, there's a center point. And what if, like, a lot of, like, the spirits and the demons or all of them, like, they used to have, you know, their center somewhere on on their continuum, on their spectrum, and then they have just lost it to where now they can only exist on, on the polar ends. And then they don't ever feel like they're, you know, complete or they're whole because they... Only exist at the polar ends and not in in the center where they are are they can encompass both aspects of it in equal measure.
0: That's an interesting thought, mainly because the chantry teaches us that they're all bad. You know, I know we all roll our eyes at the chantry, me included. Like, you know, burn it down, take it down. I'm all on that page, but the chantry has to have some kind of truth to its teachings, at least a little bit, and so they have a caution against all spirits and maybe because like the, the kind of like what cash says, like the spirits inability to live in the gray is what leads them to be corrupted because Solus tells us that the spirits that turn into demons are spirits that have had their purpose corrupted. Like in his, In his companion quest, you go and the spirit of wisdom has been corrupted against its purpose, forced into violence, and it turns into a pride demon. And so what if that's part of it? Is their inability to live in the gray and complexity of emotion is what causes them to shift between these?
4: It's weird to think about because it would kind of turn everything that happened with Cole's companion quest a little bit more on its head. Because what if we actually didn't make him more human by helping him be able to see the shades of gray? What if we just helped him find his center then? There's so many places they could take it. I'm excited to see where we, where it all
0: goes next. I'm also terrified to see where it goes next.
4: Very scary yeah. potential.
1: <laughs> Would now be a good time for a mid-break, Austin?
0: I think so.
2: Oh! Uh hawk stepped in the poopy i love you
3: want a sandwich
2: all this for me and i didn't get alexius anything send him a fruit basket everyone loves those
0: all right well welcome to the middle of the show and i was late on that because i was waiting for the sounds because that's what happens on the holocron history podcast but this is not the holocron histories podcast so but anyway, welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about all things that have to do with the podcast, but not lore about Dragon Age. And so here we thank our patrons. So thank you to all of you who are here. Thank you to all our patrons who support us. A special thank you to our first patrons, Genesis and Lisa M. A special thank you to our Divine Tier patron, Kit. And a very, very special thank you to our Nug Tier, our Nug King patron, Louis H., Thank you so much for supporting us. If you would like to support us and come on these chats, you can go to patreon.com dalorcast and sign up there and sign up for our $20 a month tier and come and join us on these awesome chats that we have every month. You can also come and support us on Apple or Spotify by leaving ratings and reviews. And you can leave a review with five stars on Apple and we will read it out on a future episode of the show. And you can also leave us a comment, a kind comment on Spotify, and we will read it out on the future episode of the show as well. And Shelby, do we have, are we caught up or do we have another one to read?
1: No, I do have another one to read. We have a few more. So this one is from Eris, and they said... On the War of the Lions episode, they said, if Divine Nightingale says it's over for you, I'm gonna go ahead and say it's a wrap. There's not many people I trust, but Liliana has always been one of them. Goodbye, Celine.
0: <laughs> totally agree. Truth. <laughs> Truth. Um, yeah. Not a Celine fan on this podcast. I don't think so. Uh, but Anyway, thank you for that comment. And if you leave some comments, we will out on the future episode of the show. You can also come and hang out with all of us here on Discord. We're on the Cups Podcasting and more Discord server. And you can join that and hang out with all of us. Uh, talk about Dragon Age. Talk about our other shows. Talk about any game you want to talk about. Talk about anything that's coming out. Come and share with us in our hilarious memes, our adorable pets and our wonderful video game discussions. And other than that, I think that's all I have for the mid-break.
4: Okay, well, let's get back to it. (laughs) Oh, there! Giant icicle tits! Ice-tittles!
3: You're looking for titsicles.
1: Oh, that's good.
3: Yes, and it's a real nice night for an evening. Um...
2: (laughs) You fear barbarians will swoop down upon you. Yes, swooping is bad. So
1: I thought on the second half, because I knew that that conversation wouldn't take too long, but I kind of thought we could talk about what spirit, demon, either side, what emotion you absolutely would not want them to add into the games.
4: Honestly, I think that's a harder question because they're... I look at it from a storytelling perspective of, ooh, this could make a really, really interesting demon or spirit to encounter because storyline. But I almost, honestly, I don't think that a spirit of greed or avarice would be very interesting. It's been done. It's been done too many times. There's, I don't really see an interesting spin on it when it's already kind of associated with so many other demons like the envy demon and things like that. I, I just, I can't see that being fun. At this point.
0: I think. Because I was originally thinking about. Like the uh, the demon of pride. Rather than being like a demon of narcissism. But then I thought about like. The conversations around mental health. And I think there's a lot of those emotions. That they might do. Like a demon of anxiety. That might actually like get coded. And be really problematic. When it comes across as the conversation around mental health. So I think that. While I wouldn't be necessarily against those emotions getting added, I think that BioWare, I don't trust BioWare to do it well.
1: Yeah, I very much agree. I think all of the emotions that are like affiliated with personality disorders, mood disorders, anything like anxiety, depression, even mania to me is borderline. Like any of those is just, mm, we just need to stay away from that because I think I think even if Bioware does do a really good job and Bioware like doesn't do anything problematic, which is a high bar for them, even if that was true, there's just so much potential for people to twist it and make it harmful. And so to me, it's like, I'm not sure that the harm is worth it.
0: Right. And I think that along those lines, there's so much potential, especially since in the lore demons are embodiments of evil and so if you it's really easy to take that and take it and say oh you those with mental health you really are like like evil
2: i definitely agree with the 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 fear that bioware won't treat some of these these more sensitive topics with the due weight that they deserve and the thing that like I would least want them to put in the game is and along these lines is depression. But I also feel like despair is like the closest thing to it right now. and I do I think they even say in there that like, you know, if you have a despair demon that's that like isn't being super overt and it's kind of just exerting its influences on on a given area, like the people they are going to to develop depression and other things which I don't really exactly like because I think of despair being more of like you know insular moments and discrete moments rather than a long-term episode um I think like in in terms of communicating a message of like oh people who experience these emotions like you all are evil and I like I could definitely see somebody going about like a developer's going about that going about those things in that way and essentially un unintentionally conveying those messages but i also think that like a better way to handle it if they were going to approach it is to be like these are distinct emotions and especially some of the worst ones like especially something like like anxiety that doesn't really fit the moment or, or depression just in general and in and of itself, like, you know, grief can be healthy, but eventually it can, it can grow into depression and it's more like the, this, these emotions while they are real and you may feel them, they are also distinct from the person and they don't define the person and you are not this emotion. And like, if, if you are, you know, inhabited by a demon of depression, that doesn't necessarily mean that that you are evil, which we don't see that, you know, if you were possessed by like a demon of sloth, for example. But uh, I could see, you know, a, a ham fisted approach unintentionally conveying that message.
4: I think that's part of. problem with how old dragon age origins is i mean i love dragon age origins one of my favorite games great storyline loved everything about it but look at how old the game is and where we were with talking about mental health when it was developed if they were starting from scratch completely now taking that original story idea i guarantee you the way that demons and spirits work in dragon age would be completely different
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I I don't necessarily think that the way it's set up now is harmful, but I do think it is a little bit reductive to look at emotions in this way. So it is important for us to remember, like, this is just a lens that we're looking at it. It, This is not how emotions really work in real life. Like, it's just, this is just an exercise to all those who are listening out there. Um, But one that I would hate them to add. Actually, I have two that I would hate for them to add. First is gluttony. I just feel like too much potential for harmfulness again. But then the other one is like pain or agony or hurt or anything like that. To me, again, Lizzie, to your point, it's overdone. Like, We've seen that before. We know what this looks like. Go watch any horror movie like, you know, we know what that looks like. So for me, that's one that I'm like, this is not compelling. This is not interesting to me. Let's just skip that one.
4: Been there, done that, got all the Scream t-shirts.
2: Honestly, now that I think about it, I'm kind of shocked that we didn't get a gluttony demon even as early as DAO, just since it's like, you know, with DAO, they kind of went in with like, oh, here are the here are the seven deadly sins, and it's like looking back now. I'm like, gluttony is not on there, isn't that? Well, there's I know, me. right? <laughs> I guess they could argue that like the demon of hunger could be gluttony, and they just try to make it a little bit better because, like, if I'm remembering correctly, like a demon of hunger, it's not obviously it's not just food. It's like you, it's like a like a, a ravenous emptiness in your soul that you want to fill up with literally, you know, if you have one particular taste it up with that, or you'll search around looking for anything that might fill up that hole.
4: Hunger demons are the desire demons, ugly cousin.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there is a lot of similarities, too. And frankly, honestly, like that's what gluttony is, too, from the perspective of like the seven deadly sins. Like it's not just food. And so to me, it's just like they just completely just slapped a different name on it and said, all right, we're good to go. Let's let's do this. Like they weren't really that creative with that one.
0: And I think from like the seven deadly sins perspective, like gluttony is so rooted, like Shelby said, in selfishness. Um, And wastefulness that those are probably the demons that I would associate with gluttony, selfishness and wastefulness.
1: Which I think that is much more compelling to me of like somehow of the idea of like you're wasting resources that other people need. However, you want to phrase that as a demon. Mm -hmm. That's much more compelling to me than gluttony or whatever else.
0: Like. What i when I picture gluttony, this is honestly what I pictured. I'm about to trigger the entire internet by saying this, but I think of the scene Uh-oh. in Lord of the Rings with the tomato. And uh but I think about that that Denethor is sitting there and he's stuffing his face while his son and everyone else rides out to die and just trying to defend from evil. And that's what I view when gluttony is selfishness, wastefulness, things like that.
2: I think of billionaires
0: now mm-hmm. and cause I like, and
2: I, and I completely agree with you all. And I, and honestly, I think if we are going to distinguish hunger from gluttony, I'm not going to, I promise. I, I like this distinction of if hunger is more of like a ravenous void on you that you don't know how to fill because you're just so discontent with your life versus gluttony being more of like, a consumption just for consumption's sake right like there's it's not a void it's more just i want because i want it and and i think in terms of like you know a billionaire No, nobody should ever be a billionaire if anybody if there are any billionaires listening well first off give everyone on our discord a bunch of money um but also give away your money. You don't need a billion dollars. Nobody needs a billion dollars. If you have a billion dollars, it that that is a that is gluttonous in my mind. You just you are never gonna be able to spend all of it in your life. And I, I that's that's the same thing to me as like, you know, a medieval king sitting down at like a 50-foot-long banquet table filled with food, and he's the only one there, and he's like, well, I'm going to eat this until I, you know, pop all the buttons off of my shirt and my pants and then give all the rest of it to the dogs. Like no, nobody else can have this. Nobody.
1: Yeah. Like even when there are poor people sitting outside the King's castle, like, yes, I completely agree with that.
4: Um, oh, the, hist- I think that's the history good- nerd in me wants to kind of argue about that a little bit. I'm not going to lie. So most of the time, and I could be wrong about this because I haven't done a huge amount of studying into this, but most of that, of the time, the king's not sitting alone in his castle. He's surrounded by, like, 50 to 300 other people, depending on the kingdom. He's feeding all of his court. He's not just sitting there by himself. So most of that food is being eaten by, yes, the wealthy elite who should be sharing more, but it's very much a social thing. And a lot of that food did get donated or given to people at the end of all of that. But yes, that is totally the most obscene example that could be said on this podcast because of the ratings.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, just an example. Um, I had another one, but I forgot what it was.
0: Steven, you got any crazy thoughts for us? Yeah, uh-
1: Not necessarily. Oh, I remember my other one. The other one that I would not want them to add is neglect. While I do Mm. think they could tell a compelling story with that, I think it's just, it would be too harmful to people who have experienced neglect and abuse at the hands, especially of their parents. So that would be another Mm. one I wouldn't want to see.
4: We've got enough potential landmines with being set into venture at the beginning of this game. (laughs) They need to be cautious.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know what? If the Bioware really wanted to troll us, they would have demons of obsession, forcing people to like pour over books and like talk about all their conspiracy theories and talking about how their romance, their idea romance is the best. If Bioware really wanted to troll us, they would do that. (laughs)
4: Can they do well, it with swords and shields, please? Can they? That would just make it cherry
0: on top. I think Cash likes that
1: Cash idea. Cash is having a reaction.
0: Oh, my God. I
2: would die. Oh, that's an amazing idea. They absolutely have to do that. Somebody sent us recording to buy it, where?
1: I think they listened, so they got it anyways. Hmm.
4: Well, then can we tell them to write Swords and Shields anyway? Because I want to read it. If it's half as bad as Varric says it is, then it's going to be the most excellent (laughs) and amazing thing ever.
1: Um, Does anybody else have anything they want to add before we kind of wrap it up for tonight?
0: All right. Well, I'll let you all go and kind of tell people where they can find you, and then we'll wrap up. And so we'll start with LVCC13.
4: So you can normally find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash lvcc 13 But I have a social life now, so I haven't been streaming lately. And it's been weird, guys. It's so weird actually having people with the same schedule as me. And I can go out and do stuff.
0: All right. And then we'll go with Steven or Crimson Knight.
3: Hey, um, I'm just on Discord as Crimson Knight. And that's where you can find me. All
0: right. And then Coca Shed's.
2: I am very much a internet wallflower who does not like being observed by strangers except for Discord. So come join the Cups Discord, especially, especially if you have a billion dollars. Please give us all some money. Yes, thank you. Please, I'll I'll DM, DM you my Venmo. Thanks, bye.
4: Pay off the student loans. Pay off the student loans.
0: Anyway, well, before we wrap up, I do have a special thank you to our Nug King patron, Louis H., who gets thanked at the end of every show. And also, thank you all for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We will see you in two weeks. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at DA Lorecast.
1: If you have any lore questions, topics to unpack, or side character suggestions, join our CUPS podcasting and more Discord server. It's easily the best place on the internet. You can also support us financially through our Patreon. You can find us there on patreon.com slash Dragon Age Lorecast.
0: The Dragon Age Lorecast is part of the Robots Radio Network. For more information about the Robots Radio Network, join the Discord server via the link in our episode description.
1: If you enjoyed the show or learned something new today, please subscribe, leave us a review, and join the Patreon. And if you enjoyed our intro and outro music, give a big thank you to Pipe Man Studios. Thank you, Pipe Man. Thanks again for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We'll see you next time.
3: Are you a fan of Elden Ring? Are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else? We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives, a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Micola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's The Elden Archives, from Soft Lorecast, available everywhere.